0: What's up, and welcome to the best podcast for coaches, the Coaches Collective. I'm Derek Perkins. I'm here with Dan Casey and Chris Maleo. Each week, we give you access to the most innovative coaches and leaders in and out of sports. We ask the questions, you get the answers. Real content that you can take from the show back to your teams. This week in episode eight, we sit down with Coach Austin King, tight ends coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll, of course, dive into some scheme, talk about his jump to the NFL from the FCS as the former OC at the University of Dayton, and the chance to work under a guy like legendary coach John Gruden. If you're enjoying the content, please take a minute to subscribe, leave us a review, and give us a follow on Twitter at Coach Collect. It really helps the podcast to continue to grow so we can keep the high-quality content coming your way. As always, get your pen and paper ready for another episode of the Coaches Collective. Welcome everyone. this is Chris Maleo from the Coaches Collective. I am here with the current tight ends coach with a lot from the Las Vegas Raiders, Austin King, a good friend of mine and a fantastic football coach. We are Sands, Derek Perkins and Dan Casey today but we are excited to be able to talk with Austin. so Austin, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me Chris. Glad to be here I'm really excited.
0: Well listen man you, you and I we go back um, you know we both played at Northwestern. You know, you graduated, so we didn't we didn't play together, obviously. But we, you know, we, we have a lot of the same friends. I think we first got connected through Ray reef of all people, Isn't that right?
1: Good shout out to Ray
0: on the Good podcast. Absolutely, just... I think I think we're gonna have to send this to him. Um, <laughs> and you had a you you were, you had been in the NFL at that time, is that correct? You were yes. you playing in the NFL, so so, yeah, so I... walk through your journey from Northwestern to the NFL.
1: Sure. So I went uh, obviously after Northwestern got drafted, um, by Tampa Bay, uh, coach Gruden was there. Um, and then went through my rookie year with Tampa, um, actually got released after that season, uh, and then went to Atlanta where I played for three seasons, um, all the time as a, as a backup center, uh, guard type, uh, offensive line swing interior player. Um, and, uh, after four years, uh, we had a coaching change in Atlanta. I didn't get resigned. Um, free agent, went out to Seattle for that training camp, got cut. Uh, and then it was pretty much done. Um, was, you know, I wasn't really that good. I think right now I probably wouldn't, I probably would to take myself. Um, it's like one of those money ball deals. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it was a great experience. Um, and so as far as the coaching aspect of it, after that, I really wasn't involved in football at all for a number of years. Um, I was traveling um, like all over Europe, South America, Australia um, for a couple of years. I moved out West. I was living in Seattle. Uh, I became a backpacking instructor. So I worked for this really great uh, company. I'll give a plug to them, uh, Knowles. National Outdoor Leadership School, yep, uh, which does like these backpacking. Well, it's really a, a lot of different mediums: backpacking, sailing, mountaineering, whatever you want to do. But they, you go out on these thirty-day expeditions. But they actually, it's not like survival stuff. It's more being prepared um, and just learning, learning to lead um, in a real-life setting that has some accountability and risk to it. Uh, but they're expeditions, um, and they teach a leadership curriculum al- along the way and so that was a great experience uh, for me and so i was kind of doing that and i was in seattle and i was thinking about you know do i teach uh during the regular part of the year at the time i was already 30 31 everybody in that industry kind of was living out of the back there subaru outback and you know um it was, it was it was a cool life but it wasn't necessarily uh it's more of a hobby for me than a career. Um, and then trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then Lou, Ayani called, um, and he's like, Hey, Lou we might have this QC current, job.
0: Lou is the current running backs coach recruiting coordinator at Northwestern university.
1: Yep. Played with me.
0: Also our good friend. He was a senior when I was a freshman and, and obviously had played with you. Um, and is a, is a fantastic person who will eventually end up on this podcast as well.
1: Oh yeah. And eventually, you know, the sky's the limit for that guy too. be a head coach somewhere. Um, but he called me. He was at Toledo with Matt, uh, Matt Campbell, and he said, "Hey, we're gonna have this QC position. You know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna really pay anything or whatever. But you want to do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's go." So um, that's how it started. I went to Toledo for two seasons. Um, after that, I went up to Syracuse for one season, and then when I was at Syracuse, the opportunity. Um, opened up to to be the offensive line coach at the University of Dayton. So I went there. Uh, After two years, uh, our our coordinator, Eric Evans, he moved on to Western Michigan, and he's also a former Northwestern uh, GA there. There Um, He went to Western Michigan, ironically, with Tim Lester, who I worked with at Syracuse, Uh, all great guys. And then um, I moved up to coordinator at Dayton, was there for three seasons, and then this opportunity um, happened out. In, in Vegas to, to go and be the assistant offensive line coach.
2: Hmm.
0: Now we're going to get into some of this. We're going to get into kind of the, the, the nitty gritty of some of this, but like, let's talk about this period of your life because not the current period, but when you, when you left football as a player, because I remember that for you, I remember like kind of following your journey a little bit. um, And then was almost surprised when I, when I found out you were getting into coaching to be honest with you, because I thought you were kind of taking an alternative route. So, you know, you're this, you're this football player, like you've identified as being a football player, like pretty much your entire life. And it's been like, it's been who you are. And then suddenly it ends one day and you're like, okay, I'm going to go on this, you know, I'm going to go backpack. I'm going to go travel Europe. I'm going to be with an how did that experience like change your perspective? How has it helped you as a coach? Like I know a lot about Knowles. Some of our, our listeners don't like what the things that you learned at Knowles, how has that helped you as a, as a coach? How has it helped you as a communicator, especially, you know, with some of these younger guys in today's game?
1: Yeah, no, it w- it was a great experience. And, and, and I tell all my friends who have kids, I'm like, Hey, when, when your kids are old enough, like I would send them on one of those trips. I mean, honestly, um, it did, it did really help me. It, it helped me kind of, um, yeah, you know, I went as a student and then I had to, then I was doing all these kind of trips on my own. Right. And then, so I decided, all right, I'm going to try to be an instructor. So I applied to be an instructor and then I got in and then I passed and all that. And then, so then, you know, over the course of two summers, I really only did, uh, I only worked as an actual, like working instructor, um, that, that, that very next summer um, before I got into coaching. But really what it did is I think, it, you know, working with the one, the one trip I was on was with a bunch of uh, students from the Naval Academy and um, you know, they're all very, you know, successful students. Some of them are student athletes there um, at the Academy. Um, but you know, shoot the the leaders of our military, whatnot, uh, and, you know, future leaders of our country. And it was just a great experience. Um, just being around, uh, young people, uh, helping them kind of figure it out and seeing them grow. And I think that ties into teaching. It ties into, you know, a ton of different things. Uh, obviously I had a, a lot of experience with football and I, and I saw what the game uh, did for me and what it can do, um, for a lot of young people. And so that's, that's kind of, that was kind of the, the transition there. Um, as far as from a technical aspect, obviously it, it was a good learning experience for me to, to kind of find my voice, to find how I wanted to teach, how I wanted to interact, uh, with students. I mean, and and that's constantly evolving, um, with the players, you know, even, even here, Um, I'd say, as far as getting that opportunity and being able to figure stuff out and learn about myself and how I wanted to communicate, how I wanted to teach, what my teaching progressions were, mm-hmm. Knowles was very influential. And then, obviously, my time in Dayton when I got to kind of do it myself, um, that that really that really um, helped me.
0: Absolutely. So you, so you get this call. You're, you know, like you said, you're you're basically at this point. You're 31 years old, starting your professional career as a coach, which is fairly uncommon. Now, obviously you had experience as an NFL player, but it doesn't always translate, you know, and, and you, you know, you had some connections. We had, you know, mutual friend with, with Lou, you get, a, you get that call and now you're cutting your teeth under Matt Campbell, who, you know, everyone in the world knows the success that Matt's having at Iowa state. Now, what did you learn about, what did you, you know, what did you learn from Matt and, and what kind of impact did that experience have on you?
1: Yeah. And, you know, that was great because it was a different, you know, my only, my only experience, right. In football was what I was my own. Right. So it was only Northwestern. So it was great to, to be around, you know, different kids, different atmosphere. Um, you know, I, I remember getting to Toledo and, and, uh, you know, they weren't because and I think most Mac schools, but they didn't have training table, you know, stuff, they had food, right. And sometimes it'd be catered in, but they they didn't have it every night. So, you know, there was different. And then, you know, I get to Dayton and they don't have it at all. Right. So it's like, there's all these different, um, these, these little nuances and differences, but, but it's a different experience. And I saw how those guys uh, resonated with the players, Mm. um, and, and how those players, they, they loved those coaches and how they wanted to play, play for them. And, and, you know, to be quite honest, I was probably a little bit more old school and hardcore because of my experience, um, growing up and playing And these guys. Um, they just did a great job. Uh, a great job, obviously the football, the X's and O's and all that stuff, you know, you, there's a million different ways to skin a cat, and they've been highly successful. Uh, so I, I learned a lot from that, but, really the way that they build relationships with the players and the way those players play for them. Like, I think if you watch videos and you see um, those guys, um, now you see like when some of those videos that come out of Iowa state and whatnot, and you see those players and and just how much they love to be there and how much they love to, to, to be a part of that program. And, and um, everybody's in it for together. That that's, that was probably my biggest takeaway from that experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can imagine it would be, and, and it comes through, you know, when you're listening to coach Campbell talk and some of the ways that he presents himself, obviously. So, you know, you, you get this job at Toledo, as you mentioned, then you're off to Syracuse. You're learning under, uh, who is the head coach at Syracuse? Uh,
1: Scott Schaefer.
0: Scott Schaefer. Right. Okay. Um, and then you get the call for Dayton. You have this opportunity to become the O line coach at Dayton, uh, small school in Ohio, you know, you're, once again, you're, you know, you're in your mid thirties now on your journey as a coach. And I'm sure, you know, aspirationally you're, you're thinking like, Hey, I, and I, and I, and I can say this with confidence because you and I have had these conversations. You want to coach in the NFL. That was a goal of yours was to coach in the NFL. So you, know, you take this job at Dayton and you're the O-line coach for how many years are you the O-line coach?
1: So I was O-line coach for all five years. Um, the, the last three, I was also the offense coordinator.
2: Correct. Correct. Um,
1: so no, that was that was that was a great experience, and, and I know that a lot of your listeners know this, and I know a lot of coaches that are out there know this. But you know, I'll I'll spend twenty minutes plugging the the PFL, the Pioneer Football League, um, and the schools that are in that league because there are a ton of really good coaches, um, and I think the talent level in the league it has, has risen and it's become very high, but it's also, um, you know, fairly spread out uh, because of the rules, being non-scholarship, the, the, the spacing between schools. There's, there's very few um, that compete against each other, you know? Um, So it it really is um, a great coaches league. Uh, obviously, there's tons of talented players, too. I mean, you talk about, you know, just a Dayton alone. Uh, Adam Troutman, third-round pick, you know, for the Saints uh, last year. Um, one of the, our other guys, Michael Neese, he grad-transferred. He's starting right tackle at Temple right now, but you know, not just with us. I mean, there's a guy from Davidson at, at Boston College, starting no lineman. You know, there's, you know, Ross Dwelly and Agnew out of San Diego. They're playing in the NFL. I mean, all over the league, guys. Uh, Eric Saubert, who was at Drake. Uh, uh, there was a guy from Stetson um, who's on the practice squad. So there, there's tons of talent in the league. Um, but the, the coaching, the coaching, uh, how, how good it is across the board um, is really, I think, missed maybe by the national what, you know, whatever you want to call it, media or, or just the the attention doesn't get as much attention sure, as you sure. deserve because you only get one playoff bid. Um, there aren't scholarships, but I mean, repeatedly teams in the league would beat scholarship FCS schools, um, you know, San Diego. Those guys won playoff games two or three years in a row.
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, so, I mean, shoot, there's there's been a ton of uh, there's a lot of good football played there. And there's a lot of good coaches and a lot of talented players. Um, right. So it was, it was really a great opportunity for me um, to to kind of to kind of figure stuff out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So you're so you're you're at you're at Dayton for five years, you're kind of figuring out your philosophy, your leadership style, your identity as a coach, as a leader of a room, obviously you're running the O-line room, but then you take over as the the OC basically two years in. um, And, you know, you're, you're doing an amazing job, you know, and, and and for everybody who's listening, I've sat down with Austin, we've talked, we've talked ball X's and O's and I mean, just a fantastic, fantastic X's and O's communicator. Um, You know, talk a little bit about your leadership style, your philosophy, um, you know, what that was like and how it kind of bred to success because your last year at Dayton as DOC, before you left for the Raiders, you guys had one of the best offenses in the country. Um, so kind of talk about the development of the offense and, you know, what were some of your influences and how you got to where you are right now?
1: Um, yeah. So first I want to use the plug. Um, yeah. So our last year, my last, Last year I was at Dayton 2019, which ironically they haven't played since then because um, they're not doing this spring. Right, uh, but they, but they will next year, and and so, you know, there, like I said, there's a ton of good coaches, but that had been building. And in 2017, when I first started, I was a coordinator. Um, you know, we we weren't very good on offense, um, but but we were building, and there's just a ton of good, good coaches and good players that we were all in the right place at the right time. Right. And it was as much, you know, the success that those guys had because, because they deserve it because they don't get the publicity, but like the guys I was mentioning, Adam Troutman, and then the quarterback who's there, Jack Cook and and there. I could, I could go down a list of, of a, of a hundred guys, like all those linemen. I had those, the hogs, they call themselves and um, just guys who'd been there before, but really it was, our success was as much as much about, or more about them and about the other. We had great assistant coaches um, who were. I mean, we were a team. We were all doing it together. So it was. It was as much about about them and if 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 me having this platform, you know, could shine some light on some of those guys. Kevin Hoy, Mark Ewald, you know, Jay Minton, Mike Walls, Mark Fillmore, Christian Bryan, Eric Evans, Eric Frazier, Jordan Softcheck, like all those guys that worked with. All that contributed to the success that those players had, but then those, you know, those players went out and did it themselves too. So it's, it's really about all of us. Um, Now going back to, to my personal philosophy and how, like I had to, I had to really um, you know, it's, it's constantly evolving. I think um, right now to kind of where I'm at, or at least where I was then um, it was really important. And we really took the next step, when all of us kind of decided to that, that we were going to get it right as opposed to being right. Mm-hmm. And, and what I meant was what I mean by that is we had a lot of smart guys, a lot of smart coaches, a lot of good players. Everybody had their strengths and weaknesses. Everybody knew this, knew that, um, you know, you're always going to be in a room with other people where you, you want to do this, they want to do that, whatever. But really when we all sat down and, and ultimately figured out how we were going to get it right to put our best players in the best position to succeed consistently, uh, is where we took the next, took the next step, I believe. And so that's always been a big thing for me because so my first year, I didn't do that. Um, I was a little stubborn, um, you know, I just I wasn't as I don't I don't think as open minded or stubborn. I was trying to prove that I that I I could do the job as opposed to just trying to get it right. And then after that, um you know we we did, we got it right. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um so that that's really that's really the biggest takeaway that I had uh, from that experience. Um, if there's anything else that I could, that I could promote, it would be, um, or that that really hits me is, is just constantly trying to figure out. I, I like to use it or say it, um, uh, teaching progressions. Like I'm, I'm just constantly trying to figure out what's the best way to teach what we want to do, um, how it hits their brains, how they learn, Uh, because, you know, you hear the old, the cliche, like, it's not about what, you know, it's, it's what they know. And, um, I really poured over not so much what we were doing, but how we were teaching it. And, and I think it ultimately all leads back to, uh, and I've been on this kick a while, just in my own personal life, but I think it translates to everything that's going on in the world right now. It's just curiosity in general. Um, you know, if, if, when you're curious, you're constantly exploring different ways to do things you're which leads to self-awareness self-improvement um you know kind of the evolution of your personal and professional life right you're you're just constantly craving other information taking it all in um just just trying to be as curious as you can being around other people uh, like-minded smart curious people where you can exchange ideas and doesn't it doesn't mean that That one person's right and the other person's wrong right it doesn't um and i think that translates just to life in general if you think about it like you know hey instead of having a thought about this group of people or this these people from this place right go visit that place be in their shoes talk to them try to have some understanding be curious about what their life is like right and then you view them you know, as someone like yourself, as a human being with these problems and all this stuff, and then it's way easier to be empathetic towards those people. I, th- I think you know you can—I don't know, get off the soapbox. You can solve a lot of problems, but it all goes back to the root of just being—you know—seeking knowledge and being and being curious. Hmm. Um, and I think that that plays a big role uh, just in, in professional development and in, in football and in evolving as a as a coach and as a person and and to me was, uh, how do people think, how do they learn? How can I help them learn? You know, and I'm still, I'm still moving through that and constantly searching for, for different better ways or better ways for the individuals that I'm coaching or teaching based on how they learn.
0: Right. And I mean, that's one of the things I really love about you, Austin, is like you, there's no pretense with you, you know, I mean, here you are, you're the, you know, the, the, the tight ends coach for the Oakland, uh, for, excuse me, for the Las Vegas Raiders and force of habit. And, you know, you're here, you are, you're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to bear, I'm going to bear my soul right now and let you know, like, I'm still figuring it out. You know, when I started my career, I was, you know, as an offensive coordinator, I, I have, you're humble enough to admit, like I did it incorrectly and I had to change what I did in order to get it right. Um, and I think too often, you know, you look in the coaching profession is that it's so ego driven at times that there are a lot of guys who unfortunately can't get out of their own way. And that connectivity that you're talking about with the players stems from, I think you're exactly right. Is that curiosity? Um, you know, the ability to connect and the ability to teach, I think they go hand in hand and that's such an awesome thing for people. I think to, uh, to recognize, you know, as you're listening to this, like if you're not, if you're not, connecting with your players, you're probably not teaching them well, you know, and that's, that's really, really, really important. I think that's very, very profound. Maybe the most profound thing you'll say today, no offense, you know, to the rest no, of
1: the you, you, I'm a little long winded at times. So uh, I've definitely been accused of that. You did it. You summed it up perfectly. Um, and and I think, I think, and, and you guys know this, like it translates to every level and to every to everything you're doing, you know, and it's, and ultimately, right. It's just teaching, right. Whether you're in the Raiders or, you know, you're in high school or you're at Knowles or you're at Toledo or Northwestern or, or, or wherever Dayton, um, that's what we're doing. And we want, we want our students to, to, to be their best, right. You players, um, whoever you're trying to help out, you want everyone to, to kind of achieve their best, uh, be their personal best, whatever, and how can I, how can I help them do that? Um, that's, that's really the goal. That's why, you, you know, that's kind of why you're doing it. Um, as, as you move through these, these processes, I think, you know, something that, that I learned that became really important to me is just, as you evolve through the, these teaching progressions and whatnot, um, it becomes less and less about, about, uh, what and more about why, mm. uh, why's and why's and how's. And as you get to more advanced levels with really good players and I'm sure you've experienced this, you've had a ton of really good, um, uh, players that you've coached is, you know, when they're advanced and they're curious, um, it really just becomes a kind of a, a discussion. Right. Right. You're not telling them what to do anymore. You are really just having an open dialogue, a discussion. um, With the player about how they want to, you know, how they want to do this, how they want to use that technique. Uh, What kind of, you know, what place do they like? What do they feel comfortable doing? Where do they want to run? I mean, you know, your colleague, Dan, I can't tell you how many times, we ran a play that he posted on his Twitter because one of my players said, Hey, you know, they saw it up there, right. That he, something that he posted, someone else is running in like, hey, Can we try this? Yeah. If you guys want to do this, let's let's roll. It's really, really becomes um, a bit of a discussion. And that kind of circles back to your promo tweet uh, for this with the Waller thing. Um, You know, I, I, he he's done that on his own if you want to give any credit to coach it's you know frank smith who's now uh with the the offensive line coach for the chargers but when when i got the job i mean that's the first thing i told darren i'm like look man like this is me and you and there's the other tight ends in the room but i I said it's all of them i said guys you know you guys you guys have been highly successful you know what you're doing you're professionals you work i'm going to I'm going to help you in any way I can. I I'll, I'll know this, 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 and this for you guys and all, but, but ultimately this is going to be a discussion between us, right? It's going to be discussion. How can I help you be your best? Uh, And that's where it starts. Um, And, you know, we'll tweak some things. And if I see some things, you know, but the, the really great ones, they kind of feel it too. Right. And that's where, that's really what it becomes. It becomes a discussion.
2: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I
0: think like one of the misconceptions, like even as, you know, you and I've had some of these discussions, like the misconception that, you know, you're coaching, you know, you know, with the Raiders, you know, Darren Waller, who's arguably amongst the, you know, the the tight end group, but Darren, who's arguably one of the top tight ends in, in the NFL today. And, you know, the way that you're teaching him, it probably isn't that much different than how you taught Adam Troutman at Dayton or how you interacted with the guys at Syracuse or what you did at Knowles or how I would teach a tight end at, at the high school level. I just think there are different stages and different levels of maturity, but you're still communicating in a person, a person level. And like you're, you're, you're making sure that you can, once again, you can connect and your ability to connect with that room is going to be able to drive your success as a coach and their success as players.
1: No doubt no doubt that's that's ultimately what it comes down to um and and so that's why i'm excited to to do this obviously uh have great guys in our room uh who who have been there um who have who have already succeeded um and so it's exciting for me but yeah ultimately that's what it comes down to um mm-hmm. how how you connect and and then ultimately how you teach
2: absolutely and,
1: um you know, the other thing going back to your promo video, I liked you, you threw some nice blocking clips on there too, because mm-hmm. I don't think uh, Darren gets enough credit for the blocking that he actually does, that he does do, or that we ask him to do. Um, right. he, he blocks at a, at a very high level uh, for the type of um, pass catching threat that he is. You know, it's, it's kind of unheard of.
2: Mm.
0: Mm, yeah. He's fantastic. Special dude, And he's only going to get better because I think, you know, you, you're going to be intentional about making everyone in that room better. You know, and I think a lot of times when you have somebody who's an elite talent, there's this like misconception that like, okay, like they kind of have it figured out. Maybe they don't want to be coached or, you know, any of those things, like the stories I love about Tom Brady are that he loves to be coached, you know, for lack of a better term, hard. I don't like saying that. Cause I don't think it's descriptive of like a coaching style, but you know, that he likes to be coached and, and there's a level of attention to detail too. Like, hey, I get it. You've won six Super Bowls and seven Super Bowls, and you know, but you can still get better. I think the same thing. You know, I, I feel confident in knowing how you teach, and how you connect, and how you communicate that you're going to drive that room and get everybody better. Um, I mean,
1: that's the goal, and it's a tremendous uh, privilege and uh, responsibility that mm-hmm. I don't take lightly. Um, the, those guys are great, and yeah, everyone in that room wants to get better and, and wants to, to be coached. And I think, you know, that's what I don't think that Darren Waller and Foster Moreau and Derek Carrier would be where they're at in their careers right now, if they didn't. Right. You know Um, that they want to be coached and they want to, they want to be great. And I think that's, you know, that's a, that's an awesome combination and it's, you know, it's a, it's a great, like I said before, it's a great privilege that I have, but also great responsibility, you know? Absolutely.
2: Um, so. so I want to,
0: yeah, of course. I Again, want to talk back for a minute though, because I want to share, I want to share this anecdote about you, you and I being together at the senior bowl last year. Oh Yeah. Right, so so we're you and I were we're staying. We just so happened to be we're staying in the same Airbnb, totally by accident. Um, we had a great time. We had some great dinners. We connected with some awesome people while we were down there, and a lot of our conversations were centered around you know our futures. We both have a passion, the shared passion for football, and we talked a lot of X's and O's. But I think we talked a lot about things outside of football, personal development, all those things, and we discussed about, you know, your future as a coach and where, where you were expecting to go. Um, And we're sitting in a hotel just at, at breakfast talking about, you know, an opportunity presenting itself. Cause no, now you've been a date and you're having incredible success. You know, you're, you know, you're pushing, you know, you know, you've been a coach now for about nine, 10 years and you're like, okay, I hope I get an opportunity in the NFL. Um, But you were, you weren't desperate. You weren't chasing something. You weren't desperately chasing an opportunity. But you were, if an, if an opportunity came along, you were you're going to pounce on it. And like one of the things I really liked about you, and I think a lot of people need to hear this, is like you were so focused on success at Dayton. You weren't like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay what I'm doing at Dayton into the next thing." You were focused on just being the best coach you could at Dayton, knowing if you bloomed where you planted, something would present itself. So we're sitting there at, at breakfast, and we're talking and like, you know, we're going back and forth about an opportunity presenting itself to you and boom, you get a text message that has essentially changed the last year of your life. Can you maybe start sharing a little bit about that experience? Cause that was fun to be there with you when you got that text.
1: Yeah. I really just got it, got the text. Um, was I interested in, in the assistant offensive line job uh, with the Raiders, you, you know, and, and, going back to just kind of how my journey had gone, there's a lot of people in this building who I'd cross paths with, you know, so it certainly helped along the way. Um, just on offense alone, you know, the, the coordinator, Greg Olson, he recruited me at Purdue in 1998 from Purcell Marion high school in Cincinnati. So we, you know, we knew, knew each other then, you know, obviously I played for coach, coach Gruden. Um, Tom Cable was my offensive line coach my last year in Atlanta um, Frank Smith and I have known each other for a while, uh, going back to his days as assistant line coach in in um in New Orleans, but you know, he's a Miami guy, his family actually lives in Cincinnati and he coached at Butler, which was in our league. So we had a lot of similar paths. Um, you know, I knew a lot of people in the building. And so when the opportunity was open, you know, someone tossed my name out and just I was, it's good, you know. Opportunity and timing, right? That's, that's a lot of things in life. Um, and just so happened to, uh, get the opportunity and went out and, you know, the rest is, the rest is kind of history, but it it, it was, was, it was fun.
0: Yeah, I'm going to press pause because like, I, I would disagree that like, it was, you know, it was just basically like right time, right place for you, because we're going to trace a little bit of this lineage back and talk about how important your choices were. You know, I like to say all the time, you know, to my wife, to the kids I coach is that like every choice you make has a consequence, neither positive nor negative, depending on you know what the choice is. And so like, let's talk about, you know, the fact that, you know, John Gruden's the head coach, you were, cu- you were drafted by Tampa Bay in what round?
1: Uh, The fourth round,
0: the fourth round. And you were cut that same year by them, correct?
1: The next year. Yeah.
0: Next year. So imagine if on your way out the door, you're, you know, you're dog cussing coach Gruden and you don't, you know, you leave a a poor impression on him. So like, boom, you know, you handle adversity correctly. You walk out the door in Tampa Bay with your head held high, you're classy in how you do it. Like you talked about Greg Olson recruited you at Purdue. You know I mean? A lot of these guys, you know, I think about recruiting today you know, you chose to go to Northwestern instead of going to Purdue. Imagine if you didn't handle that correctly and you left a bad impression with, you know, coach Olson when he's at Purdue, maybe he doesn't send you that text message. Maybe, you know, Tampa Bay doesn't, you know, when you're with Tampa Bay with coach Gruden and you don't handle that correctly, he's not interested when your name is, is brought up in that meeting to say, Hey, we need an assistant, you know, offensive line coach, Austin King. Um, you know, if you don't handle yourself like a professional with coach Cable In Atlanta, you know, I mean, all these things are just they kind of they compound and compound and compound and build. And so this opportunity that presents itself it's not just because hey I, we have, we have a really good coach at Dayton Ohio that we found out it's like you had built a a successful career as a player and coach but more importantly you had built a reputation that mattered and I think that that people could trust and so you got you earned that position you know it came because you deserved it um and I think that there for people who are listening like every choice you make is a ripple in the pond that it, eventually you don't know what wave it's going to turn into and it's it's important to think think back to the decisions and choices we make and the impact that we have on people and how it can, how it can affect us later on down the line. I mean, this is a perfect example of that.
1: I mean, that's, that's certainly very well put. I, I think it's hard. I think it's hard when you're actually in it to think that those are like intentional acts. Cause to me, like the things that you're pointing out, I I would say, you know, I just had good, good parents and mentors and coaches along the way that kind of taught me that stuff. And it was, those were natural reactions, right. Right. To be a professional, how to, how to hold yourself, how to, you know, how to respond to adversity. But when you think about it, like, Hey, you know, that's why, that's why you want to do this, right. That's why you want to do this so that you can like that was second nature to me, but it, but it wasn't right. It was learned. Those were learned traits, but that goes back to my parents and my teachers and coaches that I had that goes to, Randy Walker and to, you know, my parents and, um, her and Tom Stickley, the guys who coached me in high school, right? Like that, that, that stuff goes back to them. Um, and those influences just like hopefully your players, uh, you have that influence on them. So it, it, those, those type of things are really second nature. The, The stuff that I thought for me personally, and, and I, I appreciate the compliment. Thanks. But that's, uh, Sure. You did a nice job um, kind of putting that together. You can, I'd say you and Lou Iani, you can be my, uh, if I ever need a marketing person,
2: <laughs>
1: you two are at the top of the list. I might, uh, might need both of you guys. Um, no, but, but there was, I mean, there was intentional stuff that I did do along the way. Um, just knowing like, Hey, you're going to have to draw Visio, Right. So, i when I was at Dayton, like I did visio drawings in the same style that I knew that the nFL teams did for right. my player, right one because I wanted to treat them like hey even though they're in p f l non scholarship like I thought if I treated them like they were Division one, like the guys at Northwestern and I coached them right like the guys at Northwestern or Syracuse, right, that they would respond and and also give the effort requires, Hey, you want to be a division one, I'm going to treat you like a division one football player, no different than someone at Northwestern and you respond, right. So I wanted to give them that experience and I wanted to do it, but also I knew too, like, Hey, these are skill sets that, you know, I may need in another, uh, arena. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so that was, those were kind of little things that, that I personally uh, or maybe intentionally did just so that I developed a skill set that I knew that I may have to use in the future. Right.
0: That's great. That's great. So, so I guess one last question I have for you now is like you, you obviously you take the assistant o job, you're promoted this year to the tight ends coach, which is, I mean, talk about a jump, right? You go office coordinator, Dayton, assistant line coach in the NFL, and now you're a position coach. Um, it's fantastic. As I said, it's well-deserved. Talk a little bit about what it's like coaching, um, you know, for and with coach Gruden, you know, he obviously has, there's a persona that I think is out there in the public, you know, the, and it's, it's what we see and what's really out there, I think are can be two different things at times. Um, you know, I've had a few interactions with him where I've crossed paths with him and, and, and he's always been famous. fantastic. Fantastic. Can you talk about like what you've learned from him, what he's like um, and what, what that's, what you've been able to kind of how you've developed as a coach under his leadership?
1: Yeah, no, he, he's great. And it's, it's been an awesome learning experience for me and really pushes the boundaries of my comfort zone just in obviously now in, in learning um, and being more involved with, the passing game. Uh, and you know, even to the major extent where a guy like Darren, he's running every, every, uh, every route in the route tree. So this, this is certainly, um, an awesome, uh, opportunity. Um, but no, it, it's great to work with coach. Um, I think for the most part, you know, what you see is what you get, but he, he does, uh, such a good job in just um, presenting to us, um, you know, the direction that we're going, where we want to go, um, what we're going to do offensively. Um, you know, he has such a great football mind. Um, so just all, all the stuff that, that that we're able to do and that we're trying to do here and that we're constantly exploring and, and trying to take it to the next level, I think is is awesome and challenging. Um, but it really keeps really, it, it's exciting for me because going back to that curiosity thing and just constantly craving information and learning, like it's, it's, it's awesome to, to be around someone who's, who's not only that smart, but that driven. Um, and so just constantly exploring new ideas and, and pushing, trying to push the boundary of what we can do and what we can accomplish and, and what these guys can do, um, it has been awesome. It's, it really has been. Um, and I still have a long way to go uh, and a lot to learn and, uh, and, and and it's exciting. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's been great. Um, he does a great job with us and, and just, because, and because really that's what we're doing right now. You know, it's just, we haven't been around the players since the season was over. Um, so it's really just us coaches kind of, you know, going over what we what we're doing and uh it's been he, he's he's a fantastic communicator and, and teacher um and and so you know I would if I would like to take a little bit of his uh energy and, and presentation skills and try to apply it to myself um you know in, in some subtle ways that are authentic to me but um but yeah it's it's been awesome.
0: Yeah I could imagine I could imagine. So my last question for you. I know I said I had. I, I'm like a total offensive coach. I say last play, and then I have. I have another play. One more last play. No, that's
1: great. We yeah. all do it.
0: Is um, you know, one of the things that I think we really try to preach within the coaches collective. Our you know our podcast is that you know, about balance and, um, you know, and striking that balance and you more than anyone, I think, you know, talk about being curious in life. Can you, you're incredibly successful because you're committed to your craft, but you're not, uh, one of the things like, uh, you know, amongst the many things I like about you is you're not like so focused on football that it's your entire life. Like you have a life outside of football. You are committed to other things. You have different passions and pursuits. So two things, can you give some advice to some of these young coaches that are out there? that are working their way, climb their way up the ladder. And then number two, kind of share about like how you feel about balance and creating, you know, a life outside of football for yourself, what your family means to you, your relationships and those types of things.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'll start with the, the first part with the balance thing. And and for me, I think, you know, there I am again. And like you mentioned it, going back to that kind of like that, that curiosity mode, but just exploring and trying to, to see different things, to, to have other experiences. Um, I really do feel like it, it makes me or every, anyone more well-rounded, which then brings it back to, to what you're doing for football, right? The experiences that you have, um, backpacking or traveling or whatever your hobbies are. It could be hunting or, or other sports or whatever it is, right? those experiences, those people you interact with, you never know when you're going to get something. Um, right. Like it's like when you go to a coach's clinic, you know, oh, if I could just take one thing away from this, right. Then a successful, like every experience in life, right. Like uh, whatever it is, whatever other opportunity it is, maybe you're, it's business or, or maybe you own or run a, a small business or, or whatever, there are experience in there where you're dealing with other people where you're, you're constantly growing and learning. Um, and how, how that that's, I don't see how that, how that can't make you a better coach, right. Even in your personal relationships, right. It's again, it's communicating um, how you react with your girlfriend or your wife or your kids. I mean, all that stuff translates and it, it's just constantly, um, you're just constantly building and growing. Um, and, and so I always looked at it as, as like as part of a whole that football wasn't separate from everything else. It was just, it was just a part of a whole. And I never felt that when I was a player that defined me, that I was just a football player and I never wanted to be just a football player. Um, I had other interests and um, other things that I wanted to explore and, and get out of life. And so I think it just translated once once I started coaching. Um, you know, you look at one of our colleagues, right, and how it all ties back. But I think, you know, one of the most dynamic, um, well-rounded uh, person who's been in all sorts of facets and done so many things, a highly successful person, Jason, Wright. Um, you know, that guy, he can sing, uh, you know, he was going to be a doctor. Uh, he's, uh, he played seven years in the NFL. Um, you know, he worked for the biggest best consulting company in the world. You know what I mean? Like he, he's making major moves now he's in charge of the Washington football team. Like that guy, uh, you know, he's kind of the archetype or the, the model of just being a well-rounded balanced person who um, you know, when, when you pursue success and in anything, I think it, or when you pursue success in anything, I think it, I think it, carries over to everything. Right. There's right. A You've heard them. when people say that, like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Well, like, I, I feel like that does translate. You're looking, you know, the way that you look at the world affects how you coach, the way that you explore different things, you know, it's no different than exploring a different um, process or a different style of play or whatnot.
0: Yeah, I want to change that quote because we we actually Dan and, and Derek and I had a discussion about that quote. Like, we 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 actually believe like the way you do one thing is how you do that thing. It's not how you do everything. It's more of like your mental approach and your attitude towards one yes. thing. Yeah, I think it's
1: the random, way. You, yes,
0: right. Like your approach more than like how you do all those things. Um, Sure.
1: Yeah, because I, I and I I agree with you there because I definitely do many things differently. Um, but it is more about the approach right like what am i t- you're always learning you're always growing you yep. just just that mindset like what's your intent behind things right. um, i think carries over and i think that's where the that's where the you know you can look at it as balance but you know when when you take a step back again it's just kind of to me it was just inherent yeah. um but but you can, when you can take a step back, and sometimes, like I was talking about Jason, you see the reflection in someone else. Maybe that's the easiest way to do it. Um, you can kind of pinpoint how uh, allow you to grow or, or be become a greater whole um, from all those other you know, varied experiences.
0: Yeah. Listen, I don't think anybody's ever going to mistake that the personal and individual growth is ever going to lead to like a less of six, like, you know, lack of success in other areas. You know, there's a quote from Troy Palamalu that I love that I think epitomizes, you know, you and your career and, and, you know, at least myself as well is like someone asked him one time, like, oh, do you love football? And he was, his answer was like, unequivocally like, no, I do not love football. He said, but I love life. And football just so happens to be a part of my life, so I give it everything I have. And so I think that really reflects you and, and your journey. Um, you know, we, We're grateful to have you on the show. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your humility. Uh, you are an excellent guest, and, and I'm excited for the next stage for you. You, you deserve it. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, or excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders, I've made that mistake twice now, the Las Vegas Raiders are lucky to have you, um, and, uh, and your future is incredibly bright. You know, We're a huge fan
2: of yours, and so we're, we look forward to following your career. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Glad to be here. Of course.